this morning, if you haven't guessed, I want to, it might be a little bit different this morning. I have no idea how this is going to go, uh, if I'm being perfectly honest with you. Because I want to talk, if you haven't guessed this morning, I want to talk about praise. All morning we've been singing about the praises of God. And if you've been doing our readings as a church, we've been doing our readings. We've been reading through Psalms and we're getting to the end. And pretty much nearly this whole week has been all about praise. Praise. Praise the Lord. And um, tomorrow, so I'm going to, basically, I'm not going to, uh, Gary asked for my Bible verse for his thing. Uh, this is giving a bit of feedback. John Paul, do you want to move further back? That's fine. That's fine. Okay. And, um, and I said, well, I don't really have a Bible verse. And he was like, oh, so it's a fake preach. And I was like, well, it's not a fake preach. <laughs> what I meant is I don't have like a specific Bible reading. Because what I want to really do is ambitiously try and talk through Psalm 146 through to Psalm 150 as quickly as I can, so I'm not going to read through them for time, though you should read them if you haven't been doing so already. And Traditionally in church, we would always have thought praise is like the fast songs and worship is like the slow songs. And actually, we do a disservice to both because actually praise songs can be slow and worship songs can be fast. And actually, we are called as believers in Jesus to live a life of worship, not just... If all, if all praise and worship becomes is when we sing songs, then we really are missing the power of both of them. See, we're called to live a life which glorifies Jesus. And just singing slow songs in church, that's a tiny part of worship and praise. But actually, I believe that praise is so powerful that... It, it, I, I, I'm trying to work out how I would phrase this, but I actually think if we can grasp the reality of the power of praise in our lives, then it can not just transform your life, but actually it can transform our entire planet. And I believe that the Psalms talk through that. We've just been doing a series on blessed, and that's what we've been looking at this morning. I guess if I was going to try and tie it in with that, I actually think praise is our response to the blessed life. <laughs> praise is our response. And if you don't like what I've got to say, then you should come for sure the next two Sundays because we are going to have, we've been blessed by the series, but we have two guests over the next two Sundays. Next week we have our friend Alan Ross, who's a prophet, who's going to be with us on a Sunday morning. So come for that. Uh, it's going to be great. But the following week, we, we have our really good friend, Barry Woodward, with us. Now, I just want to take a side note. Barry's, we've heard Barry a lot and we've heard his stories a lot, but every time Barry Woodward comes... People respond to the gospel of Jesus. Guess what? He might tell the same stories you've heard a million times. Guess what? The story of Jesus is the same story I've heard a million times. That Jesus died for my sins so that I could be set free. I would suggest to all of us, and I'm speaking to myself too, that if there was going to be a Sunday between now and the end of the year where I want anyone in my world who doesn't know Jesus to be with me, it would be Sunday the 12th of November, because I'm believing that there will be an eruption of praise in heaven that day. Why? Because people who don't know Jesus are going to come to know him. Not because of what Barry does. He's a gift of the church. It's Jesus who does the saving, but he gives us the church gifts, and the evangelistic gift on Barry is one of them. And so I just suggest, I'm throwing it out there, you've got two weeks to get inviting, inviting, and inviting. Why? Because it's going to be an amazing Sunday morning. But I really want to focus on praise this morning. You see, praise can mean a few things, but my message title, if you want one, and I think it's going to come up on the screen, is it might get loud. You see, praise is never quiet. Now, I'm not, now I know I said that praise songs are the loud ones, and, but actually praise is never quiet, and I will show you that through here. Psalm 146, the, one, the thing I want to pick out on here, it says that let all that I am 
Praise the Lord. I want to suggest to you that if you do something with all that you are, it's not going to be quiet. If you put an extended effort into something, I mean, if you watch sport, I like sport, sorry for another sports metaphor, but when I watch sport and they put their maximum effort in, they will grunt, they will moan. Why? Because they're putting a lot of, well, they're doing it with everything they have because it's an exerted effort. It might get loud. Some people are louder than others. And so I suggest to you when the psalmist is writing here to say, I'm going to praise Jesus with all that I am, he's saying it might get loud. What would it look like in your life if not just every Sunday we came together and got loud, but what if every single day we live with this anticipation that I am going to praise God today with all that I am? I would suggest that it might get loud. Now, I'm not saying, though you can do this if you want, I'm not saying when you're on your commute to work in the bus, you just start singing as loud. That's not what I'm saying, because it's not about the, the necessarily the volume, though that, that is part of it, but actually it's just about the, the, the thing I'm going to speak over my day, the thing I'm going to speak over my life and my world is I am going to praise the Lord with all that I am. You see, people will let you down. It goes on to talk in the psalm about don't put people on pedestals. Kings will fail. People will let you down. We get it wrong. We can have bad attitudes. Pastors will fail. Worship leaders will fail. Your friends will let you down. But that's why we don't praise people. Now, we honor them. We speak life on it. That's not what we're saying. We should do all of these things. But our praise should be unto the Lord. Why? Because he is never going to fail you. The Bible talks about how he gives justice, he saves, he heals, he creates, he reigns, he never breaks his promises is where our hope and help comes from. And that is why we should praise. If you've ever been in a situation where God showed up, guess what you've probably done? You probably praised him. And I'm pretty sure that it got a bit loud. When Jesus went about healing people, there was a guy who basically just kept shouting and they told him to be quiet and he got a bit louder. Why? Because he was praising Jesus because he had a recognition and an understanding that I might be sick right now, but I am going to shout unto Jesus. Why? Because there's something about praising Jesus and you can tell me to be quiet, but I'm just going to get a bit louder. Why? Because Jesus is attracted to your praise. Whether you like it or not, whether you agree with me or not, the Bible's on my side. So God is attracted to when you praise him. And it's conditioned not on how you feel. It's not conditioned on what's going on in the world right now, but it's conditioned on who he is because he never changes. He is always in control. He is always on the move. He is always seated on his throne. And so I believe that if we can make a daily decision with everything that I am, to the best of my abilities, to praise the Lord, guess what? Every day it might just get a bit loud. We then move into Psalm 147. And it says, how beautiful it is when we sing our praises to God. It's not just about you, it's actually about we. It's about collectively all of us praising God. You see, it's not just about you singing praise, but it's about us singing praises together. It's why when we come to church and the praise team leaders, we have lyrics on the screen so that we all sing the same thing. Because it's something powerful about... I mean, I... I... Uh, like, it's another sports metaphor, but when you see a national anthem being sung, I've been in stadiums, I've watched it on TV, there's just some, even concerts, I mean, any Taylor Swift fans in here, her fans are mental, they are like fanatics, but there's something about when you see them all singing the same song, it's so 
powerful. It's so loud, and even the bad singers are covered up by the noise of everything <laughs> together. How much louder would it be if we could just come collectively to see how beautiful would the sound be if we weren't singing, Romeo, take me, but we're actually singing, oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Why? Because the Bible talks about how he has named every single star. That's how powerful our God is. We haven't even found everything that is defined. And God knows the name of every star. He knows the name of every person, of every animal. He knows he's probably still creating things for us to find because that's just how awesome he is. And yet he knows my name. So we can praise people when they write a new song. How much more should I praise God who creates stars? And the one, the Genesis records it as, and he made the stars also, as in, just a throwaway line. So, you see, I have a constant joke with Heather, she's out with Rise Kids, so I did clarify it's okay to say this. Because Heather is not the best singer on the planet. Like, just being honest, she will freely admit that, but she might be the loudest. And um, she might be the loudest. And we have this joke, because I'm like, I can't... <laughs> I can't cope with how loud she is and how bad. And the problem is, the louder she becomes, the worse she becomes. And it's just a recurring joke. But the thing is, so I always wind her up and saying, can you just be a bit quieter? But the problem is that praise is never meant to be quiet. And so she just looks at me and says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sing a little louder. <laughs> and I'm like... And, uh, and so she does. She just sings a little bit louder. And actually, she's right and I'm not. Because praise is not about, and I'm not saying that you distract people, because ultimately praise is about him. So if what you're doing is distracting other people, then maybe we need to look at that and have a conversation about that. But actually, God inhabits the praises of his people. It's what his word says. God loves it when we praise. To inhabit means he comes and sits. Now, God is everywhere, all the time, all at once, but there's just something about when God's people praise him, and it gets a bit loud, that God comes and he literally rests on them. He can rest in a situation. He can rest on your heart and your mind. That is where God is attracted to your praise. And it says in the psalm that praise should overflow. It should be an overflow phrase. If you overflow something, it spreads out. We can't help but praise him. And the same psalm, this is where it gets a bit dicey, so please stay with me here. But God is not impressed by you, and I can prove it in the Bible. Now, he can be pleased with you, but he's not impressed with you. How do I know that? Because it talks in here that we are not impressed by horsepower in the version I read, like the power of horses, because they are nothing compared to the power of God. The next verse says, and guess what? Manpower is even less impressive to him than horsepower. So really, horses are more impressive to God than we are. I mean, that was quite a humbling verse. But he's trying to make the point that there is nothing that we could ever do that is worthy of the praise that we should give to our God. So I want to encourage you that we praise him because he's greater. We praise him because he's all-powerful. Praise him because there is nothing on heaven or earth or in between or under the earth or the highest of heaven that could ever come close to him like we've sang all morning. And it pleases him to put him in his rightful place when we praise. So the next time at work when that person annoys you or that situation happens or you get caught off in traffic and this is me preaching to myself, praise him. Sing a little bit louder. Sing about how beautiful and how wonderful and how powerful his name is. Make a song up if you have to or sing one that you already know. But let's just praise just a little bit louder. Why? Because we want to make sure that God is his right place. We want to praise him above everything else. 
We then get to Psalm 148, and it says, let the skies be filled with his praises. I mean, how awesome would that, like, I'm trying to look at the imagery here. Could you imagine you just walk out your house and then just the skies were praising Jesus? I know there's a, Scott made reference to a bit in the Bible where it says that if man stops praising you, if people stop praising you, the rocks will cry out. And to me, that's not happening on my watch. <laughs> that ain't going to happen. I, I, don't, I don't want to hear the rocks cry out because it means that I'm not. But imagine you walked out and you just saw the skies pray. Like, I mean, that would be pretty loud because the sky's quite big. But then it says... God's people join in. And then it says, see when you're done praising him, guess what? Praise him some more. <laughs> Keep on praising him. Don't stop me now. Freddie Mercury was inspired by the Psalms, clearly. Because it says, don't stop now. Never stop praising him. It's almost like there's a competition going on. Heavens and the skies, you go first, then earth, we can respond, and then eventually we just become, it describes it in the version I read, as an orchestra. An orchestra of praise. I've never been in an orchestra. I can sing a little bit, but I could not play a musical instrument. So it's a chance for me to be part of an orchestra of praise. I mean, an orchestra. You're invited to be part of an orchestra. You see, what a thing to be a part of. It's about praise him. Praise him. Praise him. It says if you're young, praise him. If you're old, praise him. If you're somewhere in between the two, praise him. If you're rich, praise him. If you're poor, praise him. If you're tired, praise him. If you're full of energy, praise him. Like no matter who you are or what you're going through, and the Bible talks about it in different ways. It says, I'll praise him when he's done something for the victory. But it also says in Hebrews that we should give a sacrifice of praise, which means even when I don't feel like it, even when he's done nothing for me, I'm still going to praise him. Why? Because that's who he is, and he is worthy of my praise. So if you're on the mountain, or if you're in the valley, or in between, if you're sick, if you're healthy, if you're still waiting for breakthrough, or if you've received your breakthrough, guess what? Praise. All together. Why? Because if we praise, it just might get a bit loud. I can't wait for the day where all of creation, everything that's ever been created, gathers together with the one voice we sang about to just praise the name of Jesus. So if you don't like it being loud, you're not going like, to like heaven. Why? Because everyone is going to sing, and it's going to be quite loud. Though it maybe it probably won't bother us so much when we get there. But it's all about praising. 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 Then Psalm 149, which is tomorrow's reading, it says it's time to sing a new song. And I was thinking about this, and maybe you already knew this, but I had like this fresh revelation of it. And I, the Bible talks about how, I've come to this conclusion, how there are new mercies every day, which means that every single day, because there's new mercies, I have a new thing to praise him for. So actually, that's why it means sing a new song. Why? Because God's doing something new every day. His blessings are new every morning. So therefore, the blessings that I receive today, he's got more blessings for me tomorrow, which means I can praise him for today, but it means I can live with the anticipation and expectation that I've got more to praise him for tomorrow. Wouldn't it be cool if we had a new song, if you had a new song to write every single day? Because a song could be four verses, it could be one verse, it could be a chord. A song is just... God, what, what, what are the blessings I've received today, God? Well, I'm going to write a song about that. And a song is just, I'm writing some words down and I'm going to sing it to God. And if we all had a new song, it might get a bit messy, but it would also get a bit loud. You see, I can praise God for what he has done. We sang what he's done. What he's, we can praise him for what he's done. We can praise him for what he's doing. And we can praise him for what he will do. 
See, when you sing out, it goes on in the psalm to talk about actually sing out your new song because then the rest of God's people can join in. You see, your praise is for God and ultimately that's its main purpose. But your praise, when it is loud enough for others to hear it, invites others to join in in the praises of our God. You see, praise is much more than just a sound. Praise, it describes in Psalm 149, is a weapon. It says that God loves to give victory to his people, which is good for me because I like to win. But ultimately, anyone I get, it's not me, it's him. He gives the victory to his people. You see, praise breaks chains. Praise elevates the king of kings, and it's not about a praise leader, it's not about the song, but actually it's about the king of kings. But if praise is going to break chains, then it has to be loud. It says this in Psalm 149, I'm going to read from the Bible now. It says, God's high and holy praises fill their mouths, talking about God's people. For their shouted praises are their weapons of war. These warring weapons will bring vengeance on the nations and every resistant power to bind kings with chains and rulers with iron shackles. Praise-filled warriors will enforce the judgment decreed against their enemies. This is the honor he gives to all his godly lovers. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. See, it's not whispered praise. It's shouted praise. Let me present a picture to you from Acts. Paul and Silas were in prison. It's about midnight, and I know most of us will probably know the story, but they're in prison, and it says they were praying and praising. I mean, it says singing with hymns in my version, but praising is what singing with hymns is. It also says everyone in the prison was listening to you. Listening to them, sorry. Let me suggest to you, Paul and Silas were not like this. Oh, praise God. How do I know? Because everyone was listening. And I would imagine they're bound in chains physically, spiritually. They are not in a good place. I would imagine they were a bit more like, oh, praise that. And I don't know if they could sing, probably not. Paul didn't seem to be the best at speaking as he freely admits to. But there was something about them that we are going to get loud. How do I know it was loud? Because everyone was listening. And it says, as they praised, the chains fell off, not only them, but it fell off of everyone else. And guess what happens? I mean, people who are in prison, generally if the chains fall off and the gates open, you run away. I've never been in prison, but I'd imagine that's what I would do. Just being real. We'll find out if I ever go to prison. I don't plan to. But nobody leaves. Why? Because there's just something about the praises of Jesus and he inhabits the praises of his people that when the chains fell off, it's like, well, actually, these physical chains might have fell off me, but I firmly believe that there were some spiritual chains that fell off people's hearts. Why? Because Paul and Silas, God's people, shouted their praise. And, they, and where the darkness and the enemy was before, Jesus came and stepped. And why? Because his, our praises are the weapons for our world. If you don't believe it from the Bible, let me tell you from the Lion King's perspective. We sang about lions. There's a bit in the movie of the Lion King, if you've not seen it, shame on all of you. But Simba, who's the little baby lion, gets told by his father, go anywhere you like, but don't go into the dark bit, because that's just, you shouldn't go there. What does Simba do? Because he's dafty, goes to the dark bit and he comes across the enemy these hyenas and they're ready to kill him and he tries to, he, he, he tries in his own strength and it's like Rawr. and it's embarrassing 
and they just laugh at him, and he's terrified, and he's scared, and he tries again, and it's like, and it's rubbish. It's not intimidating. And then he tries one third time, and all of a sudden, there's this huge roar, and the hyenas are like, what on earth was that? Simba's a bit confused as well. Why? Because Mufasa has stepped into the situation, and his roar, well, that's enough to make the enemy terrified and run. And I just, as I was preparing this picture, I thought, our world is a bit like Simba. They've wandered into places of darkness that they never intended to go to, but they've just found themselves chained and bound. They're anxious, they're afraid, they're terrified, and they don't know how to get out. They're trapped, and the enemy is laughing at them. But I believe that God wants his church to be like Mufasa, where actually there's a shout of praise that is coming over the mountains, that actually when the the enemy hears, because the reality is God's building his church, and his kingdom is 100% advancing, and it's not about the church, it's Jesus and the Holy Spirit at work through the church to clarify. But I believe that our world is in darkness. People are anxious, they're afraid, and I'm not trying to minimize what they've, but they've wandered into a place God never intended his children to be because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness of it, which means everyone on planet earth belongs to Jesus, really. And God is waiting for his church to find this roar where we can step into where the darkness is and we can just let out a roar of praise that will send the enemy fleeing. Why? Because in the name of Jesus, the Bible tells me in Psalm 149 that God's holy warriors can step into places where there's principalities and powers and we can just roar the name of Jesus in praise. That chains can break off people's hearts and their lives and they can, be, they can go from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Why? Because it's the power of Jesus. When his people praise and when they roar like the lion... There's something different when you try and do it in your own strength, but when it's the holy roar of heaven, it may be referred to. And I believe that it's up to us. I mean, Mufasa's roar was loud, and they went running. And I firmly believe that as we as his church, with the power of Jesus and as him as our banners, we lift him up as we step into everything God has for us. Chains are going to break off people's lives and our towns and our families and our communities and our nation and our continent and our planet. Why? Because the church is going to get loud. And as the church gets loud with their praise and lift up Jesus above everything else, chains are going to fall off. I know that was a bit of preacher's license, so appreciate you giving me that. But then we get to Psalm 150, which will be Tuesday's reading, and the worship team can come back up. Because this is the psalmist, and we don't actually know who wrote these psalms, but they're getting to their, their, their big point, their main event. And he says that we will become a crescendo. I would get Gary to do what a crescendo is, but that would be quite loud. But it says there's a crescendo of praise. Everything comes together to a crescendo, and if you don't know what crescendo means, it's when music or a sound reaches its loudest point. It's normally the gradual increase in sound, but the crescendo is the, the, the moment where it's at its loudest. And I don't know about you, but as God's been speaking to me, I want every day, the loudest part of my day, to be the praise of the name of Jesus. I want it to be the loudest point of every moment of every day to be praising the name of Jesus. And in a moment, we're going to praise. And it says that there's dancing, there's instruments, there's this, that, and the next thing. I mean, I don't know who coordinated all of these things, but they must have been a composer of some sort. But it says everyone come together to make it the loudest point where it's lifting up the name of Jesus. Now, I just want to give some 
I guess, pastoral warning here. That ultimately, praise is about Jesus. So we're not here to make people look at ourselves or distract others. So when we dance and when we shout, be respectful of others. But I want the praise of Jesus to be the... I want every time we come together to praise, I want it to be loud. And I don't mean these guys being loud. That's fine if you're into that. But I mean us being loud. Because they're just here to help us. But the Bible says that we should enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And so I want every time we gather in whatever setting it is, I want the praise of Jesus to be loud. But I want the praise of Jesus to be loud tomorrow when you're driving to work. I want the praise of Jesus to be loud whenever you can. I want Jesus to be the name that we speak louder than any name. I want the name of Jesus to be the name that we speak over situations, over our nations, over one another. Because it can be easy to get caught up in all the other things that can be easily distract us. But I think that's why the Hebrew writer said, let's fix our eyes upon Jesus. Because they understood there's so many things that can easily distract us from everything that's lifting up the name of Jesus. Why? Because there's power in the name of Jesus. And there's power when we praise. And I'm praying this morning that it might get loud, but it's not just for a Sunday, it's not just for a moment, but actually I pray that we, as a people of God, will lift up the name of Jesus loud every single day. And we will never stop because we, we're going to have to do it for all eternity. So we might as well get some practice in now. Why? Because I want Jesus to be the name that's lifted high above. I want it to be lifted high above depression. I want it to be lifted high above chains. I want it to be light, lifted high above suicide rates. I want it to be lifted high above wars. I want it to be lifted high above identity. I want the name of Jesus to be the, the name that is loudest, not just in our church, but in our nation. And if that starts with me, then so be it. Start with me. But I believe that as we all multiply, think of all the interactions we could have this week where we've got the opportunity to lift up the name of Jesus and make his name loud and make his praises loud. And so I'm going to invite the worship team to lead us, and I think I know what we're going to sing, and because we're going to sing praise. Why? Because it's going to get loud. So I invite you to join with me as we stand to our feet. You can sing, you can dance, but above all, let's make sure it's loud. If you're the worst singer or the best singer, let's sing loud, but be respectful of others as we lift up the name of Jesus and put him in his rightful place. Thanks, worship team.